Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of Give Me Back My Action Movies, the podcast. I am one of your hosts, Dan, and with me, as always, your other host, Charlie. Charlie Chase. What's up, Charlie? Oh, not a whole lot, brother. I'm I'm pumped for this episode. I'm just going to go ahead and I, get that out of here. I, I know you are. I know you are. So, um, this one is coming out uh, the week of April 1st which happens to be two particular days for me, at least uh, it a, the first of April is my uh, brother Lester's ha- uh, birthday. I would say happy birthday, but he's not listening. Yep. And the other day is April fool's day. You're, you're Charlie missing a, back- you're missing a third one. A th- third. Uh, what else? What was the other? What was the there's other? a, there's a third there's one. Another, there's another day that's important to Charlie. It, it is anybody. Yeah, mm, it's almost like it's a birthday of some sort. It 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 is. It is. Charlie, uh, would you like to fill everybody in? I would. I would like to uh, just go ahead and wish my lovely wife a happy birthday on April first. Also, her sister, because not many people know it, but my wife is a twin. Well, um, it is April Fool's Day for a reason. Yep, her mom got I'll it just, big time. <laughs> I just, just let that one go. Nope, but happy uh, birthday to my wife. Happy birthday to Lester. It is April Fool's Day. Um, we're probably a couple. Cool. Of- happy birthday, sis. Happy birthday, uh, Lester. Happy birthday, Julie. Yep, that's and you know we're doing a, an April Fool's Day special. Back to back holiday episodes. Well, it worked out. It, it's exactly two weeks from the St. Patrick's Day, which just worked out to be a holiday. So why not do one more kind of fun, just movie that fits April Fool's Day in my mind? And it didn't take any, you know, a little bit of arm twisting to get you to agree to this one as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I ended up watching this. So Charlie, why don't you go ahead and let everyone know. The clue, the clues have been dropped. Yes, I I have dropped clues every day leading up to the episode, um, and they weren't easy. They were just random posts yeah. of movies that pertain to Hot Shots Part Two. That's right, Hot Shots Part Two. So we we dropped the hints. We we had a post asking people if they wanted to know. And no one really seemed to want to know, so we did the the clue post instead. Yeah, hot I think people, shots part D. People really took to that. I was surprised. I don't think one person voted for wanting to know the episode ahead of time. I don't. I don't think so either. Um, so we're going to do hot shots part D. Charlie loves this movie. My, I watched part of it once, and really. The the problem I had with it was I think it was a little too much, or maybe I watched it in that phase where I thought I I didn't want goofy comedy anymore or something I don't know, um so I didn't really watch the whole thing originally I did watch it for this episode, and I have to admit it was a lot better than I th- remembered it being. Oh yeah, oh yeah, it it was Dan trying to come up with a couple of other movies to do instead of this one. And (laughs) honestly, that was kind of hard. You're trying to go, you know, and he even made the, you know, the argument for the first hot shots. And I'm like, it's, it's more of a spoof on top gun. Mm -hmm. And there's two schools of thought that either top guns, an action movie or top gun is a chick flick with jets in it. 
and Eileen. That, that's another conversation for another day. That is. We spoke earlier offline, but uh, yeah. But because this one is straight up a spoof off of Rambo and uh, oh, so Terminator. We'll get into the, like as many as we can count as we go. But this There's one. a lot of connections, yes. This one fits the show to a T. It's uh, 1994, if I'm right. So we're right in... 93. 93. So it was a little early. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it fits right in what we're talking about. And I, I love this movie. I watched Hot Shots Part Due before I saw the original Hot Shots. And it was on... It had to have been like HBO or one of those movie channels. Mm-hmm. And... Dad was not huge on comedies, but he appreciated, you know, a, a decent, funny one. You know, right. he, he was the kind of guy that hated Dumb and Dumber, you know, but he'll watch, you know, some of the old 80s uh, comedies, try, you know, like Animal House or something like that, you know, and those uh-huh. were funnier to him. But we oh, watched. Oh, yeah, me too. But yeah. Yeah. We watched this one together because it, it's Charlie Sheen as Rambo, essentially. We both loved it. And I, this movie has been countless the amount of times I've seen it. I can almost recite it word for word. Um, I watched it three times before we did the show just because I could. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Every time you'd send me a screenshot, you're like, look what I'm watching. And it was always hot shots part two. Every damn time you watched it, it seems like now with it being April fools, I would be remiss if I didn't uh, play. I got to play a quick, um, a quick clip. And this pretty much sums up. All right, I'm just being an idiot. Yep, had to, yep. I had to try to do something. He, he tried to rickroll everybody, but yeah, you know. I tried to do something silly. You made the attempt, hey, sir. Bravo. I, well, I'm an idiot. All right, so <laughs> hot shot. I'm a moron. Uh, so hot shots part two came out May twenty third, nineteen ninety three, and um, based on its numbers was okay. Based on its U.S. numbers was a flop. However, the worldwide gross made people lots of money. So oh, yeah. The budget was 25 million for this and all these numbers obviously estimated. 25 million estimated. Opening weekend was only 10 million 250. Ouch. So yeah, that had to suck real big. Ouch. Now, the US gross though was 38 million 922 972. So it made its money back in yeah. the U.S., but where it really hit the home run, and I want to assume with this goofy comedy, it was maybe France because of their love of Jerry Lewis and slapstick. But the cumulative worldwide gross was one hundred thirty-three million seven hundred fifty-two thousand eight hundred twenty-five dollars. So, wow. somebody at Twentieth Century Fox was really happy. Uh, to cash those big old checks, uh, runtime of only 86 minutes. So it is a quick watch. It, it's fast. So it goes fast. For, for those of you that have not seen it, you can check it out. It's pretty, pretty quick. Uh, and again, I went into uh, arguing with Charlie about how this whole hour was going to be me just bagging on the film. But I have to admit, I did laugh a few times. There are some actors that were uh, included in it that I didn't remember were included in it and really enjoyed. Um, and we, we can get to that a little bit later in the second segment here, but yeah, 
you, you know what, Charlie, you had me on it. I, I have to give you credit on this one. I enjoyed it much more than I thought I would. Uh, now I remember the first one. I remember watching the first one and I, and I remember a lot more of the bits in that one. Um, the, the only problem with this one is sometimes I felt like after I watched a bit, I was, I kind of forgot the bit. It was a little forgettable, but then we're, we're starting before we, we started shooting or, uh, uh, doing the, uh, the pod tonight. You started doing lines and I started doing them back to you. So yeah. they were there somewhere. Um, I'll but, go ahead. And then, uh, 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 the, the last thing I'll say real quick, yeah, this was directed by Jim, Jim Abrahams. So for those of you that were a little like me, a little like, eh, 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 I looked up Jim Abrahams. He also writer and producer known for airplane and top secret. So you got to give it a shot. I, I really think you got to give it a shot because, uh, you know, those movies alone gave it some credence to me anyway. I'll make one suggestion to people that when they watch this, this is a movie that's better watched with a group of people. You know, I can watch it by myself because I I freaking think it's hilarious and I love it. But I could see that if you got a group of, you know, people together drinking a few beers, you will laugh almost uncontrollably at some of these things. Because sometimes you don't be hammered to enjoy it. No, it helped. (laughs) No, you don't. This this isn't a good beer, bad movie. This isn't a bad movie. Um, but yeah, I, and I grew up watching the airplane movies and I, I grew up watching Monty Python, Benny Hill, uh, Mr. Bean. I watched this kind of like European comedy that kind of bled over into this parody kind of, um, you know, genre and I loved it. I, I mean, it's gotten a little silly in, in later times. Like the first scary movie is probably the only one I really consider a good parody movie. The other ones just really went off the wall bonkers. I mean, yeah, I mean, my favorite silly slapsticky parody movie is probably UHF by Weird Al, which I love Weird Al and I love that stuff so much. When Charlie mentioned this to me and I went, no, he went, what are you talking about, you moron? This is, this is right up your alley. And, and honestly, like you said, it, it ended up being a lot better than I remembered watching it. Um, so I don't know if it was just because I was older. I I don't know, but I enjoyed it. So if you haven't watched it, give it a shot. Charlie, why don't you give him a quick synopsis of the movie itself? Okay. Um, and let's see what you can do here with the old synopsarunski here. Well, this one's going to be a little, little odd because it's going to sound like I'm giving the synopsis of about five different movies. And essentially, well, that's what I'm doing. I'm going to be giving you a synopsis of essentially five addition, you know, movies clumped together. Uh, it's, yeah, fun, it's 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 pretty wild, folks. I'll say I will say this: you you loved v- UHF, and one of my arguments to you was, didn't Weird Al dress up like Rambo in that movie and essentially do the same thing we're seeing in this one? Rambo two, he went and had to rescue Stanley Spadowski. From the, uh, the 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 evil news stations. Yes. So, so I had I, I was prepared to argue this movie. So that's we'll just we'll set that up right now. <laughs> no, you didn't have to. It wasn't too bad. It wasn't no, too bad. So. No. But all right, all right I Charlie, will. Ready? You're we're ready? gonna ready. Yeah, we're gonna we're You're gonna ready? do it. You ready? All right. Go. That, all right. That's enough. Stop it. All right. We're gonna start out the movie with Navy SEALs infiltrating 
uh, Saddam Hussein's house. Well, well, he's never is he ever really referred to as Saddam Hussein? Yes, or is he just always referred to as a terrorist warlord? No, he is called Saddam is Hussein directly by um, by the president. Okay, okay, because I remember, and a lot of it, it just says terrorist warlord, but okay, go ahead. Well, and a lot of the stuff, no, you're fine, we're just starting, this is great, this is the April Fool's episode, there's, there's no rules Well, that's why I'm here. (laughs) So, we fought, we follow along with uh, Navy SEALs trying to capture and or kill Saddam Hussein in his house, Uh, (laughs) if it fails miserably, and the SEALs get captured, uh, we cut to, Colonel Troutman, although he's not Colonel Troutman, it's uh, Richard Corinna, and he and a CIA agent go to find Topper Harley from Hot Shots, the first movie. And Topper is uh, fighting in a stick, well, not stick fight. Stick fight's what they're parroting in Rambo Part 3. This is more kickboxer because they wrap their hands in twine and then uh they dip the charlie sheen dips his hands in caramel then into m&ms and then the crowd chants uh gummy bear sprinkle gummy bear sprinkle they're split 50 50 because he's trying to decide and he dips it's them set all up, uh, yeah, it's set up like a big ice cream, do your own Sunday yeah. thing. It's set yeah. up like an ice cream bar and initially dips them into the, the sprinkles and raises his hands up like they did in kickboxer with Van Dam, and the crowd goes wild and we get to watch the most insane kickboxing match, uh, with my boy, uh, Gerald, um, uh, was it Oka? I don't want to mess up his last name. Yeah, because he'll wail on you if you mess up. He will. Bad. He he actually will. Um, he's That's pretty. I'm going to try it. He's active on <laughs> Facebook, and I don't want to make him mad at me. Uh, this is a horrible synopsis. I am sorry, everybody. It's the, it's the April Fool's episode. It is. So while you're while you're looking up the pronunciation to get it right, that kickboxing scene, like you said, and he dips the hands. They both dip their hands into stuff. And he comes up with the sprinkles. It was there were M and M's, there were gummy bears, there were sprinkles, and I think there were like chopped Oreos or there was like cookies, cookies. sort in there. Cookies yeah. crushed up. Yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, the sprinkles. I mean, that's where you go. You always go with rainbow sprinkles. You do. Uh, uh, Gerald Akamura. So Gerald, hopefully I pronounced that right. Please don't get mad at me. If not, that was Charlie that butchered that. Wail on him, not me. Yeah, please don't. Uh, so we get to watch this fight back and forth. It ensues in hilarity. Uh, we'll go ahead and point out this is very monumental for the show right now. Our very own Al Leong, even in a half a second clip, has made his first appearance in the show for us. Yes, this is the first movie that we reviewed with Al Leong, even though from the very beginning, his spirit has been an integral part of this program. We finally get to an Aliong film. Well, Aliong was there uh, to the point you have to know when to pay attention to see him fall from the second story. And it's really you just go, hey, that's Aliong's head and it falls down. So that's that's what we get. But hey, our patron saint Aliong is in the movie. So so we end we finish up the fight. 
Topper Harley wins. We'll dig into that a little bit more later. Uh, the Colonel tracks him down and Topper Harley's staying at a monastery, uh, just like a la R- uh, Rambo 3, where he's helping the monks, giving them money. Uh, they tell him that there's been, you know, several uh, attack, not attacks, so several missions into to try and capture Saddam. They've all failed and that he's the best that's left and they need his help. And Just honestly, like podcast, the best that's left. <laughs> I'm struggling. Um, but, uh, he turns them down, says, I'm, I'm not going to do it. And the Colonel, well, I'm just going to keep calling him Troutman. Um, <laughs> Troutman says, I'm going in, you know, same thing as in Rambo three. Uh, they go onto their mission and they get captured too. And now he's being held hostage. They tell Topper Harley that, you know, hey, your friend's being held hostage. So, of course, they put a team together and he agrees to go in and save the day. Uh, Then we get met into a, uh, we we jump into Rambo 2. So we go on to a a military base and they meet the crew that they're going to fly and parachute in. Uh, We then get Predator because everyone's prepping themselves for the infiltration. They're putting on the blackface makeup one guy hands it to the black guy and we get the side eye like uh really bro um so everything that happened in predator happened right there they go down try to uh meet with their contact and lo and behold the contact is the girl ramada from the very first movie that charlie sheen fell in love with and they they do several flashbacks where they're just kind of lost contact with each other. She left and blah. Um, so she leads them in to the prisoner camp. Um, I'm skipping over a lot because I don't want to wait too long. Yeah, no, no, you, no, no. Yeah, just do it. I want to I want to yep. yep. dig into some of these scenes a little bit better. So yeah, absolutely. We're mm-hmm. gonna we're jump right into where they're going in to uh, save Troutman. Uh, more hilarity ensues. Probably a handful of our favorite lines happen throughout this. So we get a mix of Rambo 2 and Predator on the uh, the attack on the base in that movie. So we get those two movies meshed together. Then they, Charlie Sheen has to go save a... Um, what was Dexter's job? Was he... He was... Okay, so he was... Um... He was like a consultant, but it's because he was a diplomat and an inventor. Of, of, he invented the artificial pancreas, I think. Oh, said. that's what it was. But but he was more or less like a diplomat, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So he goes in ultimately to save him. Uh, he gets kind of sidetracked by Saddam Hussein. Another fight of hilarity ensues. The president comes in. As a uh, Navy SEAL, he's in full wetsuit and takes over the fight with Saddam as Charlie Sheen saves uh, Dexter. And basically, the president kicks Saddam's butt. Uh, we got to dig into that. This is a hard movie, the synopsis. It, it is. You know okay. it is. This is the, really hard to do. So The president, by the way, is Lloyd Bridges. Yeah. So if you've watched the first one, Charlie Sheen is Topper again. Lloyd Bridges is still Tug Benson, but now instead of being the Admiral, he's now the President. Yeah. He went and from then, Navy of course, Admiral we have R- Ramada 
back uh, and, uh, as well. So those are the three crossovers from the first one, right? Uh, Saddam is a crossover because they kill him at the end of the first one and he they comes drop back. a bomb in his lap. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. But it's the mm-hmm. same actor playing the same character. And actually, Ryan Stiles was in the first movie. That's right, he was. He's not playing the same named character. No, um, that's right. So those are our main carryovers from the first movie. So anyway, we're going to just say they got to the end. Happy ending. Let's let's just break this down into the our favorite scenes of why this movie is awesome. All right, let's take a quick break then. We will regroup a little bit here. When we come back, we will talk about uh, a little bit about the actors that, that played these roles. Some of the favorite scenes, we'll play a couple of clips from the movie as well. Uh, and we will just kind of break things down, like we said, and finish it all off with the Ali Ongs. Uh, that's about it. Happy April Fool's, everyone. Hold on a second. Uh, we're going to play this commercial, which is me. And we'll be back in about 30 seconds or so. Hey everyone, me again. I just wanted to let you know real quick that I also co-host another podcast, a weekly podcast called the Noka News Network. I'm Ricky. I also co-host the Noka News Network podcast with you, Dan. I know you snuck in here on this one, didn't you? Yes, I did. Everyone, we appreciate everybody listening to Give Me Back My Action Movies, obviously. But if you'd like to listen to news that no one cares about, then check us out at Noka News Network. Ricky, where can they find us? We're on Spotify. We're on uh, Apple Music. We're or or iTunes podcasts. However, that whatever works. it's called. However, that works. And you can check us out on Facebook as well. And you can always email us over at newsroom at nokanews dot com. And uh, check us out over there. We're having that's, a good time, Ricky. That's true. We're posting the podcast to our YouTube channel too. So if you'd rather watch it that way, it's over there. Just search Noka News Network and, and enjoy the news that no one cares about. It's a good time. I promise. Eh. All right, everyone, welcome, and thanks for sticking with us here as we continue on with Hot Shots Part D. I think that's how you say it, right? I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Um, Hot Shots Part D, of course, uh, the April Fool's episode of Give Me Back My Action Movies. And in the first segment, we talked a little bit about a, a kind of a quick breakdown synopsis. Um, and we talked about a few of the actors in this. Charlie Sheen, obviously, reprising Topper Harley. Lloyd Bridges as Tuck Benson. Uh, Valerie Galino as Ramada. Uh, Richard Crenna. So his character's name is Colonel Denton Walters yeah. instead of Troutman. Colonel Troutman. It's Troutman, yeah. He, he is um, literally reprising the role of Troutman. Right, right. So, um, Brenda, uh, is it Bakey? Baki, B-A-K-K-E is Baki. Yeah. She's in it. So here's the thing that's funny, and we're getting to, to, to this bit here at towards the end of the, the episode, towards the end of the movie, but she uh, plays Michelle Rodham Huddleston. Mm-hmm. Ramada's name is Ramada Rodman Heyman. Rodham. Rodham, right. Rodham. Well, Rod, yeah, the way it's written out. Rodham. So, yeah, so both their middle names is Rodham. So that's kind of wild. Um, 
so one of the uh, the people that I was surprised to see in this movie was Miguel Ferrer, and he plays. He's in it pretty early on, but he is like the main seal that has gone in every time to try to uh, do the rescues. Yeah, he's been like the only survivor to escape. Right. So, and a lot of you will know him from from uh, RoboCop. Same dude from RoboCop, right? He is the 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 guy that actually was running that division of the RoboCop. So it oh, wasn't CP, right? Yeah, it wasn't Dick Jones. He played the other uh, business guy. Can't think of his name right, right. right now. Um, I, I, know, I know it's yeah, but um, so uh, when I saw him, I was like, "Whoa, okay, that's pretty awesome." You know, he's got kind that, of a cool cameo. That look, you know, it's like when you see him, it's like I know who that dude is. Um, yeah, absolutely. And you tu- you touched on real quick since since you actually said their la- their middle names, every female character that has a name in this movie, their middle name is Rodham, and it's because <laughs> that was Hillary Rodham Clinton was our first lady during this movie. Oh yeah, so notice that now. Yeah, you're they, right. I'm looking up, at, I'm looking at the IMDb and the cast list. You're right. That's yeah. Awesome. So the president's wife is <laughs> middle name Rodham. Saddam's wife middle name Rodham. Every female character had the middle name Rodham. That's, All right. that's just that's the little wild. things like, that pop up cool. in this movie. And it it's, so this is the way I look at these kind of movies. I, I definitely didn't go into this, taking it serious. I knew what I was oh, getting God, when no. I watched no, this. No, 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 This you, you accept, you, you expect the insane. You, you, you get these Looney Tune moments, like quite literally, looney tune moments they play the music they do all that stuff they're not even hiding it they don't hide anything no they're really in your face going this movie is just a farce for sure and they treat the the source material with respect still though while they're poking fun at the over the topness of action movies you know especially with rambo and especially rambo 3 which is why i think they kind of went more in that direction, just the over the top, like Charlie Sheen actually worked out constantly to do this movie. He uh, is tore up in this movie. He is man. ripped. Yeah, and he's jacked up pretty good. Th- there was a there was an interview with him where he goes, I had to do that. He goes, I could do the movie like I did the first one. I didn't need to be cut. He goes, but to sit in the premiere around all these people laughing at me up on screen. And all you see is skinny me and basically a singlet tank top. He goes, I couldn't do that. He goes, I wanted to portray an action here. And dude, he nails it. He nails it. And it's even even funnier is um, Richard Crenna actually went to Sylvester Stallone and told him, hey, they're doing this movie. It's going to kind of spoof pretty hard on Rambo. They want me kind of being the Troutman character. And Stallone's like, that. that's awesome. That's fantastic. And then after this movie came out, I want to say, you know, like a year or two, uh, Stallone was getting interviewed and they go, and this obviously is after all three uh, uh, Rambo movies. They were like, so what's the prospect of you doing Rambo four? And he actually goes, well, I think somebody needs to go talk to Charlie Sheen about that. I think he'd do a better job. And you're just like, (laughs) he really, and he even, there's a whole, there's a scene um, 
where he's just firing off the gun like Rambo does, at, you know, in every movie and just goes in 60 belt fed. Yeah. yeah. He, he's buried in shells. The boat has sunk around him. So he's on this little like mountain of empty casings that there's no way the gun fired that many. And it's just fire back and forth, back and forth. And then he just goes and he just brings in this Sylvester Stallone Rambo kind of noise. And it goes like this. The facial expression, everything. And they slow it down so you see like the muscles every time he fires. He's got it, the the face. The, uh, oh yeah, face he's got like the the, the 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 lip that's curled up. You know the whole. You know, I'm, I'm still Sylvester Stallone, and he just goes his. Uh, yeah, that's pretty good. Man. I thought I like. Thank you. I worked oh, on that good. really hard. I worked on that harder than I did the synopsis. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, but no, I, I, I when he has the long hair. Just like mm-hmm. Stallone yeah. did in the movies. Oh yeah, and he does the the the, the red bandana thing and everything. He, has, he kinda looks like Stallone in this. He does the little necklace thing, which is a throwback to Rambo 2 that the girl gave him the little jade. The jade. But it's mm-hmm. not jade, it's just this little thing. Um and you really get that vibe with the uh with the boat scene. And so they they've met up with Ramada. She is the the contact and he didn't know that. So they're kind of having their little back and forth about why she left and all these things. And there's, they're sitting on this boat and he's even, he's got the knife out, you know, the Rambo knife. And he's, he, he pokes a hole in the boat and starts shooting water out he, of the deck. Cause he popped the hole in it. Yeah. He digs at the he, deck and it just, <laughs> yeah. I mean, and it's obviously it's not hitting water, but it, yeah, it was a pretty, it's good a good and the knife is huge. It's huge. Well, earlier he's drinking a pop and he, he cracks the top of the pop with the knife and then flips the tip of the, the butt end of it and a straw comes out. So he's drinking a tab soda through the knife in a straw. That's how much of a, you know, survival knife that was. Yeah. Yeah. That one's pretty good. So, uh, you were talking about, he's on the boat talking with her and stuff. And, and yeah, as he's talking on the boat, it's really cool because he's taking down like his memoirs. He's writing. Yeah, he's he's writing journal. down his thoughts. So you get like this internal monologue, mm-hmm. and the, while he's doing that, you start hearing another voice over top of his monologue, and the camera pans over to a PT boat, you know, from the Vietnam era, and you get uh, Martin Sheen standing on the rail of the boat looking at this file and he's reading this dossier and he is saying the lines from apocalypse now from the character Mm -hmm. he actually played Mm -hmm. in that movie charlie sheen it turns out is actually reading the lines from platoon so they're (laughs) they're saying the two lines well the boats are getting ready to cross and they look at each other and they both stand up and then they go I love that part. It's so good. And they both thumbs up each other like, yeah. yeah. They pass you each know, other and so they thumbs good, up. Dude. A little father-son moment. I, I love that, man. It's- yeah, that's that's really good. Um, So that was a really good scene. I like that quite a bit. The want to backtrack a little bit. We're jumping all over the place because that's kind of how this movie really yeah, is. That's how this movie is. But at the beginning, you were talking about how the first rescue attempt uh, they go in and try to rescue these these hostages. 
And as the SEAL teams are preparing, what team one's going to hit uh, the house, uh, team two's going to hit the prison camp. Mm-hmm. Um, they keep showing what Saddam is doing in the house. And Saddam's <laughs> getting ready for bed. So Saddam, he, he goes and makes himself a, a sandwich for the next day for his little lunchbox. And for some reason, watching him get out the mayonnaise and make this little sandwich just cracked me up. It popped me really hard. I started laughing my ass off that. Um, but as he's doing that and he's, he's getting, he gets ready, he gets in bed and, and eats like a couple little cookies and stuff. And he, and he puts his little, uh, uh, mask on and claps the lights out or whatever went before this raid occurs. But, um, and then of course it goes wrong and these guys get captured as well. But just yeah. the visual of Saddam, just going through the house and he's in a nightgown. He's like making his sandwich and stuff. It's just, it's ridiculous. He's in his bed clothes. And this is the beauty of this movie. It's like you, you can watch this movie, but you really, if you enjoy it, watch it a couple more times because what you'll see is like in the fridge, when he's getting stuff out, the milk says 2% camel milk. Uh, everything has this like, I don't, I don't want to be disrespectful, but whatever his uh, uh, region of, of the middle, kind of a middle Eastern middle. There you it. go. That's the safe word. So yeah. everything has this middle Eastern flavor to it. And uh, like he, the, like he has, a, he has a TV dinner that says nomad, uh, hungry, hungry, nomads, hungry, hungry nomad. Uh, yeah, a lot of things like that. Little nods. I mean, again, this was made in 93. So not the, as socially conscious. Now the political correctness <laughs> yeah, was a little well, yeah. looser. Um, all for sure this movie There's yeah, a few scenes, yeah doubtful they could do this movie now uh, it, uh it, yeah i mean there's just some things some things in it for sure no but i uh, that yeah. that whole segment with that, <laughs> and that's just the hilarity of it because at the end of that he gets woken up and he he's like sleeping with two automatic pistols that seem to never yeah. run out of ammo and he still has the 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 eye thing blindfold on, on the yep, blindfold yep. and he can't so he's just spinning around his house fun fact did that house look familiar to you yes that is tony montagna's house from scarface i was wondering if that was the scarface house it has the whole well, like, that, because the balcony scene yep that we when he fights when he fights him and in, in the president of later on that balcony scene, and everything looked very familiar to me. Yeah, yeah, the so whole like Scarface house, the staircase that wraps around that goes yeah. up one side, down the other. That is the house that they filmed Scarface. No, that's awesome. Yeah, it's just little fun little things like little that. little thing like that. So, so that scene was really good. Um, when he meets, like you were saying, he gets recruited in by the CIA. Uh, this lady that, that's in the CIA and Richard Crenna, they go to him. Uh, to the monastery where he's working, and he's he's <laughs> he's oh basically God. making a wagon wheel that they end up putting on the car on on this this uh, okay. red sports car. Uh, let me, let me, what, I'm sure you know what kind of car it is. Yeah, well, uh, let me let me do this because I just told you that I it's I like caught the arrow or something. I caught something I have missed every time I've watched this movie. Yep, yep. yep. So about that. if if anybody's seen Rambo three, he's he's pounding out some of this like metal for the roof well they kind of play on that so he uh charlie sheen is at like a blacksmith anvil and he's pounding away and there's sparks flying up well when richard crenna and them come up and talk to him he walks away from it. he sets everything down 
and leaning up against the anvil is this wagon wheel. And so he picks that up like they did in Rambo because he's fixing one of the wagons. He walks over and puts it on a Mercedes. There's a red Mercedes sitting there and you even hear the impact gun like, I finally quit looking. That was as good as your Rambo impression. Thank you. I am channeling Michael Winslow. So I got that name right. So what I... He won't whip your ass at least. That's yeah. good. <laughs> so what I did was I quit focusing on the car because there's so much stuff that happens in the background of this movie. Well, you see this stack of D, like VHS players and cassette players, and there's one sitting on the anvil. So what it is is he was blacksmithing and fixing VCRs and radios on an anvil with a hammer. I mean, that's just the absurdity just ridiculous it, it, and i've missed that every time because it's like now i'm trying to find everything there that leads into a whole nother thing where uh richard Crenna takes him and he does the talk like he did in rambo where he's mm-hmm. talking about the sculptor with the stone and how they chipped away well richard Crenna's is telling him the story of the three little bears and the porridge which is silly and it's funny but if you pay attention in the background they make a comment that the monks have never seen a woman in decades. And, you know, you've got this leggy blonde walking around in a skirt. Well, in the background, she's sitting there with her little notepad and all the monks are coming up one by one. Like one guy's a bodybuilder. So he's like flexing his muscles and doing all the poses. Another guy has a little dog dancing and they're all just (laughs) trying to like, you know, impress her or woo her. All while they're telling the story of the three little bears. So you're trying to figure out what is going on. You're trying to pay attention to that, but in the background, it's just this nonsense going on. And then they turn a corner and there's some guy in a flannel shirt stapling insulation to the wall. And it's Bob Vila. Bob Vila goes, this is going to save you a ton of money on your energy bills. And if you'd like to come back later, we're going to be caulking the portico or something like that up at the top. And Charlie Sheen just goes, thanks, Bob. Just out of nowhere, Bob Vila himself. What great insulation was that, Charlie? I want to say it was probably like R13 or maybe even R19. So, I mean, yeah, uh, I think it was corning. uh, It was definitely corning. It was batted. But, you know, he's got the staple gun and everything and it pans out and it's, it is Bob Vila. So uh, uh, anyone wants to, uh, one day, one day we'll go live and we're told the story of Charlie and I in the attic with, uh, R13. uh, uh, So many stories. So many, that was a really sucky couple of days. And to, Uh, to to end out, to, to end out the monastery scene. They are, you know, Charlie Sheen tells them no. So they're going out the gate Well, they're talking still back and forth. And as the gate closes, all the monks are like pressed up against it and they're holding signs. And one guy, one's like, please don't leave. And another guy I had to point out to Jackie, cause I got, I convinced her to watch it with me. I'm like, read that sign. She goes, what does that say? I said, it says celibacy sucks. And this guy is holding this huge banner. Like you'd see at a ball game. And it says celibacy sucks. <laughs> I lost it. I, there, there's not, I've watched this movie so many times I can still laugh. I still laugh at this movie pretty regularly. This is, <laughs> I, I watch this movie more than two or three times a year. Literally. Jeez. This is, this is a comfort movie for me because I don't need to pay attention to it. I know what's going on, but I laugh 
and I enjoy it every time I see it. This this is this is up there. This is for a comedy action. It doesn't get better. You really like this movie. There, so after after they convince him and he goes on the mission, uh, like you said, he he's met up with um, uh, Miguel Ferrer, uh, his his character. Ryan Stiles and another gentleman who I should give credit where credit's due. Let me hit my IMDb here real quick. And uh, uh, Michael uh, Michael Collier, Y A R C O L Y A R, um, and they're the ones that go on this mission, like Charlie was saying, Predator style, kind of how they're introducing them all. And oh, it's straight up Predator. And, um, so they go on this mission, and uh, they go to. Um, rescue Troutman, essentially. Richard Richard Corinna. Yeah, so they go to to rescue them, and like Charlie was saying, they play up the Stallone uh, uh, electrocution scenes from Rambo. This this was from Rambo 2. So they mesh Rambo 3 and 2 a lot. So you get the stripped-down bed bed springs that are up against that they electrified in Rambo 2. Does everyone remember bed springs instead of now they're all space age memory foam stuff i have bed springs yeah me too so then why um, are you like it's this weird thing because some people because it's insane now that beds are made out of memory foam and peeps so i just wanted to make a a commentary on that really and purple stuff apparently yeah, you smash an egg on it, I guess. Uh, I just know the Sasquatches from those commercials. So I've never really smashed an egg on my bed. Never had the opportunity. Mm. Oh, well. I guess I can so, do it now. No. Nah. Let's just go ahead and get to the part you're getting ready to talk about. Okay, so so they are they are torturing they're torturing Krina and they're electrocuting him and stuff, and, and the guys like uh the, the guy running the camp doing the execution um realizes that he's not going to break him. Yeah. Essentially. So this is the, the dialogue there. I see you're no stranger to pain. I've been married. Twice. Hey. <laughs> so um yeah, so that, that scene's in there. Uh I'm just gonna let that one go. Well, that, I mean um, it is it so, funny. So obviously, yeah, and it's one of those classic uh, you know, take my wife, please. And, yeah. and the whole classic marriage joke type of stuff in there. I found it pretty funny. I've been married twice. Um, so I've always said it, it's, it's pretty funny because I, I grew up on that old style, Benny Goodman and, and, and Ronnie Dangerfield and all these types of, of oh, comics yeah. that would always have the, the relationship comedy. So to me, it kind of was one of them classic easy hitters like i, I kind of really enjoy well, it it gave that moment of that that this terrorist could relate to the american you know it's like yeah, i've been yeah. married twice oh oh yeah, that, yeah, that yeah and everyone was like ah yeah so uh, they go and proceed to uh raid this camp at this point and there's there's some other bits in there but oh my god the, the, the one bit the one bit that people probably know is is Charlie Sheen is trying to shoot the guy with the bow and arrow, a la uh, Stallone Rambo. Yep. And every time he, he he every time he loses an arrow, the guy like bends down and picks something up, and it hits the door behind him. Okay. Or let me, he let, he turns to the side and it hits the door behind him again. Let Let me set this scene up here because <laughs> uh, again, something else I noticed, and I didn't get a chance and to talk to you about. It turns out to be one of the dumbest things in the movie. So. 
they, they're attacking the camp and we do get the Rambo bow. And if you remember in two and three, he had those explosive tips and it's kind of iconic in those movies. Well, what dawned on me this time was when Charlie Sheen's putting that first tip on the arrow and it's the squeakiest metal on metal sound. And I'm like, I get the joke, but then it dawns on me. I'm like, oh, in the Rambo movies, when he actually put the explosive tip on it, it they made this sound effect that was kind of like a zzzz, and it was almost like how it armed. And every time he fired one of the explosive tip ones, it made that sound. I know this because I also watched Rambo 3 right after I watched this because I double prepared for this movie and I wanted to make sure I was right. And they do You're make such an overachiever. I am. I love these movies, but they make a sound effect. So they're actually poking fun twice at the fact that they made a sound effect for Rambo's, you know, tip on his uh, arrow and Charlie Sheen's doing it, and it's the squeaky, is irritating noise as it's playing. So okay, so after he does all that and he misses with all of his arrows, every one of the, them, there's the like guy 10. finally realizes he's getting shot at. He goes to shoot with his machine gun, and the only possible armament that he can find for his bow and arrow is a chicken. Yep. Yes. Oh my! God. He straightens out a chicken. And fires a chicken from a bow into this dude's chest and kills him, <laughs> which by itself is ridiculous. And I think, and I, I was okay with it. And here, I, I think this is a prime example of what I had an issue with the movie. The chicken kills a guy, falls over, dies. Hilarious, fine, good. And then the chicken drops an egg, and I'm while like, crowing, while crowing, yeah, crowing inside this dude. And I'm like, they took the joke, the funny. And then beat it to death. And I know something about doing that because I do that often. But you do that a lot. Here's my favorite part of that whole rescue scene, though. And it's Ryan Stiles is supposed to be the explosives expert. So he grabs this bazooka. And he goes to bazooka. He's going to go bazooka this, this camp. And he comes right up on the dude, like right behind him. And I'm like, oh, my. Okay, this will be good. Here, he knocks here, on the do door. Something. He knocks on the door. He knocks the on the door. the door, and he pulls the trigger of it, and a big punching glove on a spring arm shoots out and hits the guy in the head, punches him in the face, and then he he gets a guy out of a tower. He shoots the punching by a glove out of the bazooka and hits the guy in the tower. That was pretty good because I didn't expect that. That was pretty funny. He finally does hit a guy with the bazooka, I believe, and, and splats him against the wall. No, no, no. I was no, that's with the, uh, That was Krenna with a shotgun, right? Sweeper. Uh, that was that was the uh, grenade launcher that yeah. he picks up and and splats him or whatever. I, I, so, I want to say the, the Styles man with the bazooka. I I was like, oh, he's going to blow a hole in the guy or or blow him up or scatter him or something. And it's just this boxing glove goes in like Joker style and but punches let, this dude in the face. Let me point this to this out to you though. That I like is on that same thing with that you know punching you know boxing glove thing. They have it throughout the movie they're carrying that thing with oh them. yeah when yeah. they jump off the boat before it blows up the one guy has it they get off the boat they pick it back up they are prepping you for this joke because they don't want it mm-hmm. to just happen to be there which would be i guess t- unbelievable 
<laughs> yeah, they made a good job of, of I guess I, maybe that's why my anticipation was that they're going to blow this guy up in some kind of hilarity way, yes. hilarious way of blowing him up instead of just the boxing glove went and got this dude. So to me, I was like, all right, that was a good setup and a good bit. I, I appreciated that bit. Yeah. No, that um, bit was, I like that one in the banana bit, me. which is pretty close to that one where the yeah. guy's peeling a banana and the guy yeah. like scares him. So he tries to stab him with the banana and they're fighting back and forth like it's a knife until Ryan Stiles bites it and then punches the dude and then inexplicably picks up a gun that has the two fingers attached to the end of it and three stooges the guy in the face. That's the level movie we're talking about right now. That is the level of movie. If all that, everything we've talked about till now sounded normal. Normalcy went out the window at these. Well, I think when Saddam made a scenes. sandwich, that probably that probably did it. But, hey, Saddam uh, has made a sandwich, sir. There's no way he has it. That's true. Now that got ridiculous. Um, they end up saving everyone in the in the camp, essentially. Yeah. Um, but so Miguel Ferreira, the whole time, Sheen thinks he's a traitor, basically. Yeah, he come to find out he's just he's just a coward. He he's had enough of killing and fighting, so now he's kind of I don't want to say shell shocked, but he's kind of like I I I I've had enough of it. I can't do it. I'm hiding here behind these barrels. Well, he's ran from and, every battle leading up to this. He's always right. hiding somewhere. And to the point where Charlie Sheen they 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 mention in the movie kind of passing that there is a saboteur in the in the program. And Charlie Sheen really starts thinking it's Miguel Ferrer's character and even confronts him about it. And finally, well, that's why the president ends up deciding to hell with it. I'm going myself. Yeah. During all of this, the 70 year old president during all of this, Lloyd Bridges is on his way. Navy seal wise, which we haven't mentioned yet. Lloyd Bridges is a throwback to last episode. He was also in blown away. He was max. That's right. That's right. We've gone from Forrest Whitaker in, Bloodsport to Forrest Whitaker and Blown Away and Lloyd Bridges and Blown Away to Lloyd Bridges in Hot Shots Part Two. Not now, that we're, we're going to keep that doing the, that. Yeah, it's not, it's not saying that there's a there's a, a going bit here, but it's funny to point. It. There's it's yeah. funny to point it out. Um, so yeah, Lloyd Bridges is going Navy Seals scuba diving to the rescue. Um, but anyway, yeah, Charlie Sheen and Miguel Ferreira finally have it out. Uh, about Charlie Sheen thinking he's the saboteur and to turn out, you know, Miguel's just crying. He's just like, I can't kill anymore. I just can't do it. I, I don't have, it, I don't have it in me anymore. And it, it just goes into this whole big back and forth with Charlie Sheen. Like, it's okay, man. You, you're all right. It, it, hey, hey there, big guy. Buck up. And they, they, he gives him like this inspirational speech and then, uh, Miguel Ferrer is like, thanks Topper. You've given me a reason to kill again. And it's just, so he goes, I guess we'll use the phrase. He literally goes Rambo for the rest of the movie. He's blowing mm-hmm. dudes away. He's like, there'd be a scene happening and all of a sudden he'd pop up shooting people. And then it gets me every time. War. It's fantastic. Oh, I, I played it too quick. Oh, you played play it, it too quick. Ready? Yep. Here we go. War. It's fantastic. He just gets done blowing people away and pops up and does war. 
it's fantastic. And it's just and like, he has the dumbest grin on his face. He's so, so happy for it. It's it's hilarious. He is so happy. And it's I, it's so good. It it still gets me every time I watch it. That's probably one of my favorite lines and scenes in the movie. Is that so? As as uh, yes. Now I'll get to one one of my favorite lines in it. We tried to find the audio and couldn't. No, Um, you brought it up. They're they're going to go get this helipad. They're going to this helipad to get this helicopter and fly out and and save everybody. Even though they got like probably presumably sixty people with them. So they go. They they're going to the helicopter and and Topper says, "I have to go rescue." Um this this other agent that's there and and it's it's um it goes after to find dexter. out dexter come to find out it's De- it's ramada's husband she was married to him the whole time but was presu- he was presumed dead and that's why she kind of ran away from topper at the beginning of this movie and and they had yeah, seen yeah. each other and such so they he goes to save him and they're like you can't topper you're the only person that knows how to get to the helicopter and they're like no no go up there they know where it is blah 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 kind of thing and he he says they they say uh we're 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 wait fifteen minutes for you, and he's like, well, you know, if I don't show up, you know what to do, and they're like, that's right, get the hell out of here. He goes, no, wait another fifteen minutes. Yeah, <laughs> and it's it's so delivery so good, a lot better than what I just butchered, but it's really funny because like Charlie and we were talking before we started, it's that trope of get the hell out of here, save yourselves, I'll figure yeah. out a way. Don't wait and on me. Topper's like the hell with that. You better wait another fifteen minutes for this whole ball game here. So, um, <laughs> that line was actually pretty funny. So I like that one. He goes to save Dexter after looking at a Disney World map, essentially of the whole area. He goes to rescue Dexter and ends up at Saddam's house, and Saddam catches him, and he and Saddam start fighting. Um, they use uh like fire pokers basically. And really, kind of parody uh, Robin Hood, the Errol Flynn Robin Hood. Well, they start with uh, swords fight. first. Swords, yes. They pull the swords off. They pull and the they swords fight. off the shield and they fight. That's, that's what it is. Yes. And Saddam, the actor that played him, did, a, did such a good oh, job. Oh my god! He, he, he's got a line that he tells him that cracks me up too. Here it is. Now I will kill you until you die from it in a pig's ear. Oh, that in a pig's ear, and then at the end there, we hear the president. Lloyd Bridges has shown up after all of the swimming and, and swimming and swimming to get there. Yeah. Presumably he swam across the, the, the Atlantic to get, uh, to get here. And he's now going to fight Saddam himself. So, um, oh, yeah. he basically sends, he, he sends him off. He sends go, Charlie Sheen, Topper Harley yeah, off to, to go, to go rescue Dexter. Yeah. And he's going to fight Saddam himself at this point. Yeah. And at this point too, that that's where they have the fire pokers. And they turn into lightsabers, so they do the whole Darth Vader, Obi Wan Kenobi, yeah, your weak old man. Uh, well, bit, S- S- Saddam's even really doing good. the Darth Vader voice, so you and me, old man. And then all of a sudden, he starts coughing, and he pulls out an asthma inhaler, and his he primatine, yeah, his primatine <laughs> mist, and he sucks it in, and then he, all right, old man, and he just goes right back into the Saddam Hussein voice. <laughs> Yeah, and the voice actually, Charlie. Actually, that was pretty good. You're on voices tonight, man. I'm on it. You're on it. So I just can't he does do that. Synopsis. <laughs> yeah, you can do voices, just can't do synopsis. Uh, so 
he's talking to, to, to Lloyd Bridges. Lloyd Bridges is an old Navy man, so he has a pretty good line in there, too. Charlie loves this one. This so here's, here's this. We'll settle this the old Navy way. First guy to die, losers! <laughs> I, that's like my second favorite line. It's you, you're just like that is such a thing for Lloyd Bridges to say. It's, it's so good because I mean, if you've seen the first one, he's a bumbling idiot. In this one, he's a bumbling idiot. Oh, he is. Um, but he still resorts back to that Navy. I'm a Navy man, you know thing. And it's it's that type of comedy that just I don't know what it is. It just it rings in my ear, and I it's hilarious. There's a whole scene, and again, we've skipped over a ton, a ton of oh, funny yeah, stuff. Yeah, it's it's yeah. But there's one where they're at a dinner and Topper Harley's getting ready to, you know, say hello to the president. And he reaches his hand out and he goes, uh, President Benson. And and Lloyd Bridges goes, no, you're not. I've met the man. He's an older gentleman, you know. And he's like, no, sir, I'm Topper Harley. He goes, oh, yeah, just like the son I never had. Hey, don't go around introducing yourself as uh, the president, man. That's That's not good. I wouldn't do it. You shouldn't do it. And it's just. And that he's the president, he's, it's, it's that level of insanity in this movie. My wife's rolling her eyes at now. I will say she has chuckled more than once during this movie, and yeah. but she, I can hear the eye roll half the time when something's yeah, it, up there. There's some ridiculousness to this. There's a lot of dad joke type of vibes. Yeah. from some of the puns real pun heavy this, this uh, it's movie very is. pun heavy now and i'm not a huge uh, fan of puns now look, i'm not saying every joke is my favorite joke there's some of this stuff that you're right it either goes a little too far or it's way too silly but overall this there's movie enough just, in it yeah and and honestly when we get to the rating time of the the, the program the next part to me, earned its own Allion for this movie. Because when he finally gets to Dexter, Dexter is played by no uh, none other than Rowan Atkinson. And if you don't know who Rowan Atkinson is, turn off the podcast, burn your computer, and never listen again. Because Rowan Atkinson is Mr. Bean. Mr. Bean. So he plays this character, and he's hilarious in it. And he's like, He's like, uh, I'm going to spit in your face. And he's like, he's like, I'm here to receive you. He goes, oh, you're an American. And he goes, yes, from America. <laughs> <laughs> so, so essentially, he there's a whole thing between him and Charlie Sheen where he's like, let's go, let's get out of here. And he goes, I can't walk. And he goes, and he's like, oh no, they like broke his legs or something. And he's like, they've tied my shoes together, <laughs> tied my shoelaces together. And Charlie Sheen looks down and goes, a knot. Bastards. <laughs> Just as <laughs> deadpan as you can get. And Rowan Axon plays it so good in the look on his face. He's so distressed. He's like, I can't go. And it, it, because they tied his shoelaces together. So he he's going to he's got him over his shoulder in a fireman's carrier as he's leaving out. And he gets shot in the leg and he kills the guy or whatever. And Rowan Axon's like, Yeah, you bastards, you can't kill us, you know. <laughs> but as he's getting to leave, there's this whole bit here. I, I love it. I, I love Rowan Axon so much. So um, this whole bit here, as he's got him on his shoulder and they're trying to escape the dungeon of Saddam's palace. Wait, I, I can't go any further. I need a drink. Okay, right a bit. Whoa, 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 stop. 
stop there. Down a bit, down a bit. There. Yeah, it's not very cold. Is this filtered? So, so I guess I should have prefaced it. He's on his shoulder, and there's a water fountain in the yeah, hallway. there's a, there's they a just water go, fountain. They just walk out the door, and he's like, I can't go any further. I'm thirsty. And he looks at this water fountain, and he's trying to get him to... He's talking him in to get him down in a position to where he could drink it, and he's... It's not very cold. It's just filtered, and he's all pissed off, because it's... Let it's me say... Crappy. You know, it's crappy high school water fountain, basically, and it's just when I mean, Rowan Atkinson's so good, man. When I watched this movie for the first time, my only introduction to Rowan Atkinson was Mr. Bean, and if you grew up watching that, he didn't talk. That he he never said a word. Well, so he, he he did. Well, remember, he would say, he, well, he would say his name is Mr. Bean. He'd be like, "Hello, I'm Bean," and he would say, "Teddy." That's right. He would say, but that's it. Yeah, he's that's like coming Jerry. He basically so, wouldn't say anything. So, yeah. As a kid, you know, I was, uh, this came out in '93, so I was probably 14 or 15. The perfect age for this movie, my, by the way. Yeah, probably so. Yeah, I heard Rowan Atkinson talk like he—that's his actual voice for the most part. I'm sure it was played up a tad, but I'm sitting there going, "Mr. Bean can." It, that's what he sounds like. Normal. It's such a shock, but it makes it that much funnier. It's just seeing this guy that you're used to being almost like the probably one of the most famous mimes, really, if you think about how his old show was. He did it all with like body movements. A and, lot of those, yeah, very body heavy, very yeah, physical very, comedy. Yeah, heavy. very physical yeah. comedy. And then seeing, you know, he actually talks. He's kind of a, he's kind of an asshole in this. You know, he's very self-centered. Oh, yeah. He's, it, yeah. he, he's, he's only concerned about once, <laughs> once he's rescued is what talk show I'm good. And this is, this is how, this is 93. I want to do Donahue. I want to do that Sally, Jesse, Raphael. Oh, who was the, who was, who's the, the black chick? And they go, Oprah. Oprah. So again, this movie can't be made now, but (laughs) here's the best part about the Oprah. Then they go, Oprah. And he goes, yeah, okay. We're do hers too. Yeah. He didn't care that Oprah was the nobody out of the Donahue and Sally, Jesse references. And well, now that's Oprah, right. obviously, now we all know, because yeah, she started off kind of like a Jerry Springer type of show, you know, yeah. doing really outlandish story stuff. And now it's Oprah. Then now you know? she is who she is. I mean, that yeah, you don't, yeah, we don't need to. Just, yeah. But that's, but, I mean, uh, that's the kind of yeah. history this movie So when you're watching it, I mean, yeah. Okay. If you were born late nineties or, you know, anytime after a lot of this is going to go over your head. So yeah, Nate, I don't know if you're going to get all this, buddy. I, I haven't, I, Anthony hasn't watched this yet. It, it's on the list, but there's so many movies that he needs to watch first. He won't appreciate it. He won't, but he would probably appreciate. So say like, I let him watch Rambo's physical comedy. He would get, but he wouldn't appreciate yeah. all the nuance. No, none of the nuances, but he would laugh at the fact that it's Rambo. He would laugh at the fact that sure. it's. And, you know, we've even passed over, this is going to be another one of the, the hints I dropped, you know, for what this movie was. This is considered the bloodiest movie ever. It's more <laughs> bloody than RoboCop and Total Recall combined. And they have this body yes. counter during the big fight. And it's, it just keeps flashing up on the screen where it goes more kills than RoboCop. And then you hear like the slot machine music more kills than total recall. And then at the very end, it goes bloodiest movie ever. And it's like, I, I love that. <laughs> it's just, yeah, it's, that. it's, it's pretty ridiculous. 
So Hot Shots Part Two. I enjoyed it more than I thought I would. Um, yeah, it, it ended up being all right, man. It, it ended up being pretty good. Of course, they all escape except Rowan Axon, who falls off a cliff because he's trying to take a picture of Charlie Sheen and, and Ramada. Yeah, they had to get rid um, of him. And then it, <laughs> uh, we find out that the CIA chick is actually the saboteur, the traitor, yeah. because she was trying to get to. Oh, we have forgotten your second favorite part of this movie that you even messaged me on. So, first, you messaged me about. Mr. Bean is in this? That gets yep. an Al Leong. Yep. And then there is an American gladiator scene <laughs> of the two girls. <laughs> yeah. So the two girls are like cat fighting and they're chasing each other. And all of a sudden they're running up the backwards ramps. They're and doing the, the eliminator from American gladiators with the music, by the oh, way. Oh, it's the music. And it is and the gladiators. They joust each other. Yes. And gladiators are there with them. And then they start jousting each other. And Ramada defeats her, and that's how they get rid of the. Well, they knock her down, and she gets handcuffed, and they yeah. take her as they go. But yeah, and it that, was, it was yeah. Siren and Zap were actually yes. the two gladiators that were in that. So it was, you know, it's the two female gladiators. The music's playing. They're doing the bicycle arm across mm-hmm. the pit. I mean, it every bit of it, and that's you know, you know. By the way, last time I was in Florida, I went to the American Gladiators dinner show. Oh, that would you know, cool. like you know, like medieval times yeah, and stuff. Yeah. We, we sit there and wa- and drank really bad beer, ate really bad food, and watched the American Gladiators dinner show. I do it. Um, yeah, I. Pro- it's probably why I'm half brain dead at this point. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, there's other to- reasons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I like doors. Um, so. <laughs> Charlie's known me for a long time. I've done some really stupid stuff. That's another so, work story we'll have to tell one day. <laughs> yeah, tell me about it. So, Charlie, let's finish up here with a with Hot Shots Part D. Okay. Um, who did the Alleyongs last week? You were uh, I did them. Yeah, so it's your okay. Turn so I will start off with the Alleyongs. This, by the way, if you're listening to this, we've wanted some kind of sound effect or something for the Alleyong rating system. Yeah. We haven't come up with it yet. So if you guys listen to this and you have an idea, post it in the group. We'd like to know. We really uh, want a sound bite for this. Yeah, yeah. Give us some ideas. I've tried to find Alleyong sound bites. Pretty much everything I've found so far is him dying. Yeah. So try to give us an idea. Maybe uh, anyway, Alleyong's, um, I'm going to give it two and a half Alleyong's. Wow. Uh, well, one's for Rowan Atkinson. I know that he gets his own Leong. Um, and it ended up being better than I thought. Ryan Styles gets a half Leong. Um, but it ended up being better than I thought. I did laugh a couple times at it, you know, out loud. And I think honestly, because of how short it is, that helped. It didn't bog down it, there, it doesn't like drag. drug no yeah it didn't feel like a dr- uh, drug at all so i'm going to give hot shots part de two alley two and a half two and a half two and a half Allion. that is actually i say wow that's because i i expected you to go lower originally when we talked about this yeah i thought this was going to just be a big bag of crap but um it was just a small bag of crap no, I, I knew there was going to be enough in this movie that you were going to enjoy. It was just getting you past that, getting over the hump 
and going, just sit down, turn your brain off and watch this movie. Um, well, I did that. Thanks to these <laughs> little cans here. There you go. Enjoying tonight. So my rating on this, as I've said, I love this movie. I watch this movie a lot. It is, it's a comfort movie to me. If I, I can watch an action movie any day, any time. There's always one in the shop. But when I want to like laugh and I don't want to watch just another generic, I don't know, I guess I'll, I can say, you know, like, like a dick and fart joke movie, you know, like the Seth Rogans or, you know, as I love the Kevin Smith movies, but even then it's just like, eh, I need something a little bit more than that. This movie gives me action and a comedy that, I love, you know, again, I grew up watching Monty Python, you know, the Holy Grail is another movie that's way up there for me, you know, watching that type of comedy. That's kind of an action movie in parts. It, it kind of, it's that medieval, so we can kind of call it the sword and sorcery, you know, type aspect of it. But I love that comedy and I've grown up around it, you know, uh, even the Mel Brooks, I, you know, I love the blazing saddles and the space balls. Space they, balls, the movie. But they are just as over the top as this movie. This one's a bit more on the parody and silliness. The, yeah, there's definitely a little more cheese and a little more camp. Yeah. But, I mean, Spaceballs definitely, I mean, it's... It, it does too. I mean, they don't... It's parody of, of Star Wars and stuff, essentially. They don't it's shy good. away from that. So, and so, actually in a bunch of things. Yeah. Saying that, I, I, I give this one four Allianz. That... It's, you can't give this the same rating as like Delta Force. Yeah, I can, dude. I get look. That's insane. I uh, get okay. Then do you put this on your top ten movie list? Uh, top ten action movies you have to watch. Top twenty. Top right, twenty for sure. So you you can't make it a Force Alleyong if it's not in the top ten. You'd be surprised how many fives are in my list, sir. We're uh, we're uh, only on yeah, episode we a five yet. We're we're only on episode five. We should have done a five a five Alleyong movie then on episode five. Well, this landed on April Fool's Day. You want me to give this, it a five because I can make arguments for five. But I mean, no, I this is so, look. There's no limit to how many fives or how many fours we like. This movie, yeah, well, it's subjective. I mean, it, I just, me, I mean, ooh, I don't think it's as good as Delta Force though. For what it is. So look, this movie gave me Navy SEALs at the beginning. It gave me Rambo Part 2, Rambo Part 3. It gave me Predator. It Terminator is, 2. It, there's Terminator 2 at the end that we skipped yeah. over. You're welcome, Pete. Um, it gave us um, Basic Instinct. It yeah. gave us... There's actually a scene that's parroting the Godfather during the Lady and the Tramp scene. Lady and the Tramp. Uh, Lone, Lone Wolf McQuaid. We get Lone Wolf McQuaid. We get um, several others. And then, like I said, they mention Robocop by name. They mention Total Recop, Recall by name. We get Platoon. We get uh, Apocalypse Now. So, so far, there's not a movie I've named that is not a great movie that I enjoy watching. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Hey, it's your it's is, your Leongs. It, it, it it's is your Leongs, pal. So I will not, I will not try to disparage your Leongs. So this, this actually leads to a very good conversation we've had in the past, and I yes. think it's time we need to talk about this 
So we've rated this movie. We have an issue. And that well, is we have many issues. We have many but issues. Yes. But I don't think there's a movie that's in the action movie classification that Dan likes that I don't. There is really not an action movie that I can't find enough stuff that I like Mm -hmm. that I can't go. I really enjoy this movie. Maybe it's a two and a half or even a two, but I I don't think there's one that I can go. Oh, this is horrible. I don't want to watch it. But Dan says, I love. That's the difference. I think we can find one we both are kind of like, eh, yeah. which, which why would we be doing an episode about that movie anyway? But for a movie to be, Dan comes to me and goes, dude, I want to do this movie. It's like my top three and a <laughs> half, four Ali Ongs. And he tells me it and I go, well, that movie's dog shit, man. I don't even want to do it. <laughs> I know. I can't, Yeah, I can't. There, I don't uh... think there is one. I don't even think there's one in the modern era. There, there might be one. It's probably more likely in the modern era. Um, Maybe we've we've talked a good amount offline about films. You absolutely love this genre of films. You love these so much. I like them, obviously, and I watch them, and I have a lot of nostalgic and fond memories of them. Some of them I absolutely love and adore. But there are, you know, I love comedy, so I'll watch a lot more comedies than I will these necessarily. Mm-hmm. But again, yeah, I'm thinking, I can't think of one that I really like and you think is horrible. I th- right. There's some that I, I like that most people probably wouldn't, like Wing Commander maybe. I mean, that, wing, that wasn't awful. Uh, and some people think it's really bad, which man, it is pretty bad. Um, well, and it's because but, uh, even a bad movie, a lot of times yeah. me and you agree that it's a bad movie. Oh, yeah, like like uh, Starship Troopers 2. That's a bad movie. That's oh, one ugh. that I wouldn't even waste an episode on. But we both love Starship bad. Troopers. It. We, well, how many well, times do we talk about that movie? It's Well, it's a perfect movie. It um, is. What was the one we walked out of? What did Didn't we, we walk, walk out, out of one? We walked out of Phantom Menace because the screen well, was was smaller than my big screen TV. It was a postage stamp. We was it the Thirteenth Warrior we tried to watch? No, because I like the Thirteenth Warrior. What was the one? It was a sword and sorcery movie we tried to watch. We got about forty five minutes into it, and we both turned it off. We were watching Cheer House, and I was like, "This is crap." And the cast was good, but it was just. Okay. It was horrible. I you think that? I think I know the movie you're talking about. Now, we finished watching it. And yeah. here here's the issue we're going to run into. It was uh uh lock lockdown with Guy Pierce. No, 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 no. I I remember that one too. You remember this that was, one? This is yeah, this we saw that in the theater. Was it this Outlander? Was sword... uh, no, 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 no. I'll have to look it up now for I'll, I'll look it up for, and then bring it up on the next episode because it's driving me nuts now. No, Lockdown, we watched, and I was like, this is dog crap. You have since seen it I have again. since I have since watched it multiple times again and have now... And now um, you like it. Not just like it. I now regret ever saying it was a bad movie. I There's yeah, so, so much more. I'll have more to in watch it. it again, I guess, but... Yeah, but I that's later because it it's... Awful. Well, we both did. We both hated that movie when we watched it because it was just not what we expected. 
I yeah. think when I went back and rewatched it, I had a different mindset and I then appreciated what it was and what they were trying to achieve. I also figured out yeah. that it was a Luke Besson movie who did like fifth element. Fifth um, element stuff, yeah. You know, a lot of Which, those again type- is a fantastic movie. Uh, all right. So here's my question then to the group. All right, everybody put on the group movies that you really like but you th- that most people think are not very good, or you have the impression that most people don't think they're very good. Action movies. So f- action action movies. movies, yeah, yeah. Don't I don't want to see Howard the Duck or anything on there. So um, movies that you think are really good action movies, but again, people dog on them. I mean, there's I can pull out a, a handful right now, Punisher off longer, and, and I um, like that movie. Yeah, I know. It, I like that. We how many? How long have we had this argument? That yeah, but you're sick in the head. Um, so I, I just you know, there's got to be some out there. So maybe this will help us figure something out here between us two because, you know, I can't think of one, man. I really no, can't. This has been an actual because we we know there's going to be movies we both enjoy, and that's I great. Sci-fi. I bet it's a sci-fi or a sorcery one. I don't if there's know. One, if there's one I can pull, I bet it's either sci-fi or sorcery. Look, Pete sent, he posted a movie that was a sword and sorcerer. He likes to call it the sandal, sword and sandal movies, and yeah. it was uh, Hawk, the Dragon Slayer, or something like that. It was the very first movie they ever reviewed. It had a this was like in the uh, eighty eighty one. It had Jack Palance. It was <laughs> nice. So cheesy. I enjoyed every flipping minute of that movie. I had a yeah, smile I... ear to ear going, this movie is terrible. Look, one of the attacks at the end when they in- incapacitate the evil wizard or something, they literally shoot silly string. And I messaged Pete going, silly string of doom. This movie is fantastic. That is exactly what I sent Pete. Yeah, I I can't, I can't think of anything now. I have to. I really do kind of want to know now. So people post movies that you really enjoy, action movies of this era that you really enjoy, but most people think are horrible. Please do yes. that for me. I Absolutely. Know. Absolutely. All right, Charlie. We have come to the end of the show, and as always, we would like to throw out some uh, thank yous and some attaboys and some thumbs ups and some go check them out. Yep. Um, of course, we want to talk about Sludgecast, our friends over at Sludgecast. Anything monster stomp down, creature feature, especially the King of Monsters herself, Godzilla, check out Sludgecast. Also, we would like to give a quick shout out to Pete and the folks over at Good Beer, Bad Movie Podcast. Check them out. Uh, they've, they've done some pretty bad movies. Uh, so check those guys out. Uh, they do a good job. Uh, the poster smash folks, the poster smash folks do some fantastic work. Absolutely. Sometimes we see stuff and we go, Hey, what the heck? Um, it, it just, you wouldn't believe some of the work that they actually do. They're it's, really, really good. Um, they're very talented over there. They're very talented. Yeah. Uh, ultimate action movie club over at ultimate Check them out. Occasionally Charlie writes for them. Yep. But he hasn't in a while. He keeps saying he's why, lazy. I guess why? Why you gotta? Why you gotta throw me lazy. on the bus like that? Uh, 
we also want to give a shout out to Mountain Empire Comics in Johnson City, Tennessee, Bristol, Tennessee, Diane and Rob, respectively. Uh, check them out if you're in the area. If you're not, then drive there and check it out, I guess. Um, yeah. Uh, sad news coming out of that camp that the annual RobCon uh, has been delayed again this year thanks yep. to the pandemic. Yep, postponed until 2022. That's, yep. that's crap. Uh, what else we want to do here? Oh, obviously subscribe and comment on our uh, podcast. Wherever you listen to it, you can either like, subscribe, comment, do something, I'm sure. Share it out generate there. numbers. Share. Yeah. That's the biggest thing, really. If you guys like this show, and we've gotten feedback, and we appreciate every bit of it, obviously, but if you like it, share it with people. Find someone who doesn't listen to it, tie them to a chair uh, with Christmas garland, Make them listen to it, then push them down an elevator shaft so that, that Hans will see that. Um, share it out with people for sure. Maybe you don't think they'd like it. Maybe they will like it. I don't know. I mean, sometimes I like it. Uh, check send us it, out on Facebook. Send, send it to your friends. Send it to your enemies. We're not picky. Yeah, I don't care. Piss them off if you want to. Uh, check us out on Facebook. You can check out the Facebook group. Obviously, that's where we like to... Uh, as, as we say, listen to the podcast, join the conversation in the Facebook group. That's where we really love to see and hear from you guys. Let us know what you like. Let us know what you don't like. Let us know what we're doing well, what we're not doing well. Um, if you have a problem with Charlie, cause he mispronounced your last name, please let him know there on the Facebook group. You can check out Instagram as well. Charlie runs that does a lot of things out of that, especially for clues for the upcoming episode. Charlie's going to be posting those there as well. Yeah, I try to mix and, it up. Yeah, he tries. And of course, Pete's favorite part of the show, I think, our email address, gmbmampod at gmail.com. Again, that's gmbmampod at gmail.com for anything that you want to send us that isn't super yep. appropriate. One thing I'll add is uh, Sludgecast. We are we are on the precipice of Godzilla versus Kong. Uh, yes. Day before April yes, yes, Fool, yes. Uh, Sludge and I have our tickets bought. We are doing a review right after we watch it. We're actually going to their studio and trying our hardest to do a spoiler-free yeah, it's a uh, review of Godzilla yeah. versus Kong. Um, so be listening for that. Uh, it's probably not going to be as long as their normal episodes, but I will be on that episode of the podcast. And then I will also self-promote myself a little bit. Everyone, give Noka News Network a listen. That's the other podcast that I do with my buddy Ricky. Um, we are also on Podbean, Spotify, and such as well. Give it a listen over there. See what you think. It's definitely different than this, and it is the news that no one cares about. If you think I'm a moron here, just get a load of me over there. Um, beyond that, I don't really have anything else, Charlie. Actually, I do have something else to say. War. It's fantastic. <laughs> I'm telling you. I love it. But uh, I guess uh, for myself here, Dan and Charlie, all the way in Virginia, we'd like to thank everyone for listening to another episode of Give me back my action movies, the podcast. I got nothing, Charlie. What do you got, buddy? I'll be back. I knew you'd say that. 
Give Me Back My Action Movies was not recorded in Hollywood in front of a live studio audience.